Good morning. Did you know that the most important thing about you is that God loves you? He loved you to the cross and back. And part of his great love is that he gives you a life that matters. You never have to wonder, do I matter? Do I count? You are number one in God's book. And he gives you opportunities every day to live a life beyond yourself. I like to call it a legacy life. This is Sue Donaldson. As you listen today, ask God, show me how to spend today investing in people and your word, because both last forever. There's no better way to live. Hello, good morning today. I have uh, a very special guest. Well, I guess they're all special because in God's eyes they are, but this is a fun one. I have never uh, interviewed a country western singer songwriter <laughs> and today we have um, beautiful laurel taylor with us laurel tell us a little bit where you live and where you're from and then we're gonna get into some really great questions yeah thanks for having me i'm uh i'm originally from montgomery alabama um but i live in nashville i've lived in nashville tennessee for over 11 years um wow. 11 years exact actually hmm. and uh it has been quite a journey um, I started in the country world thinking I was going to be the next Gretchen Wilson. And then, uh, I slowly, you know, have learned that even in that time I wanted what I wanted. Um, mm-hmm. and God has really taken me down a journey, even when I wasn't holding on to his hand, his hand, I wasn't looking for his voice. I wasn't listening for his voice, you know, and, um, I uh, did American Idol and that took me to pop genre. And then I uh, gave my life to Christ in 2015. And I decided that this is a journey I'm going to go on. So I'm back in the roots of country, a little bit of pop, a little bit of rap, you know, whatever the listener needs to hear. That's who I am. But I love the Lord with all my heart. So How, uh, how old were you when you knew you wanted to sing as a performer? Uh, probably 15, 15 or 16 years old was when I started traveling to Nashville. Wow. Um, and did you have parental support? Absolutely. Um, I, I did. It was very different for my dad. He is a engineer mindset. So it's A to B, B to C Mm -hmm. and music is like, okay, let's do A, but then let's skip to Z, you know, and my mom, she, she loves to sing. She grew up in the, you know, the choir singing. So, um, yeah, that was my, kind of my background, but they were absolutely supportive and put me in, you know, piano lessons, guitar, all that. So, and what came first, the singing or the writing of the songs? The singing. Okay. Um, I didn't start writing, uh, until I went to Nashville around like 17. Um, I had a, a producer tell me, he said, you, you have to have the full package. It's oh. the writing the singing and the performing it. So playing. And uh, so I challenged myself and I went home and I started writing everything I could think of. <laughs> wow. Wow. So you went and talked to a producer at 17 and then you went back home and then you came back. I did. Yeah. So okay. when I moved to Nashville at 18, I already knew where I was going to live, what I was going to do. It wasn't like a, I'm just going to walk the streets and find my way. I had it set. I was, um, at about 17, I went to Quad Studios. Um, that is one of the first places Taylor Swift actually went. And uh, he, told me, he told me very specifically, he said, uh, you got to do all three. 
Mm. And your parents can't be your biggest fans. You know, you've got oh. to actually build. I was like, all Real right. Fan. He was super <laughs> honest, you know. And yeah, um, at 18, I knew I was going to live in Green Hills. I knew that I was going to play Tootsie's um, downtown Broadway. I knew my mom wasn't happy about that. And I knew uh, that. What was it? What wasn't she happy about? I missed that part. Um, playing on Broadway, playing the strip with all the bars and okay. it's just not a good atmosphere. You but know? that's not Nashville. So you were going to Broadway first. No, it, it, Nashville, like downtown. Oh, okay. I was thinking like Broadway, the, New York. I was just in yeah, New York, so I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> it's, you know, that's funny. People do say that, but it's yeah. like Music Row, if you oh. want to say that instead. But um, it's just a bunch of bunch of restaurants, of chains, of everybody playing music everywhere you look. And um, I've learned a lot being down there, you know. And do you but, just walk in and say, I'm a singer, um, will you pay me or what? Uh, so... You have auditions, um, depending okay. on where you're going, but took Tootsies and like Honky Tonks, all those, those have one main guy. And what they do is they basically just interview you and on stage on the moment, like in the moment and the band fires off of the song. And for me, they fired oh. off some Loretta Lynn song. I did not know. Okay. And I embarrassed myself, basically oh. embarrassed myself. And, uh, he said, Taylor, you got to give, I mean, he called me Taylor. <laughs> you got to give voice, but uh, you got to go home and learn like the legendary stuff. And so oh, I did. Wow. I learned everything from Johnny Cash to Loretta Land, Tammy Wynette, like any song Patsy Klein you think of, I was going to learn it. And wow. so I came back. I mean, so, that is a huge library. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's huge. You have to know, even when you're, you know, playing the strip, you need to know like, um, People's Everything. favorites. You want to know people's yeah. favorites because they're going to yeah, call absolutely. them out. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if you don't know it, you better fake it oh. <laughs> and figure it out. And do it better than the way you did when you auditioned. That's right. So when did you know you were ready to go back? Um, You know, I, I really believe it was because a place opened up for me. Um, a, to live? Uh, to live yeah. or to perform? Yeah. Okay. So I lived in a, a pool house um, behind a beautiful uh, big house in Green Hill. I, I just chilled in their pool house and it was perfect for me, you know, yeah. what I needed. Um, and I knew that I was set up writing. I met the greatest legendary writer and he taught me so much about writing and just mm. telling stories because he's a writer of old red, like that, mm. that's all right there. I'll tell you, you know, and, um, no, but God had his hand on me even when I wasn't living mm. in his will, you know, and I think yeah. that's super crazy. Oh, I would think that your parents would be a little worried just because I have adult children that one just moved to New York, one is moving to Chicago, one lives in LA. So I feel like I'm represented in all the major cities, but <laughs> you, you kind of want like, Lord, now don't forget they're yours. Yep. I gave them to you when they were born and yep. please protect them because it's yes. crazy and wild out there. So I appreciate your parents, uh, yes. not that they had to allow you, but kind of because our kids went off to college and that could be just as dangerous as going off to live in a pool house somewhere. Yes. And so it really doesn't really matter where you live. you just need to be under the blood and That's protected right. by Jesus. That's so right. tell me your uh, spiritual journey then. Yeah. So, um, you know, I grew up on the foundation of mm -hmm. Jesus and I was, gosh, I was there every time the doors were open in church, but me too. I didn't have it for myself. You know, I couldn't, I couldn't live out my salvation through my parents. And sure. uh, when I got to Nashville, I really saw, you know, a big city, lots of opportunities that I've never had. 
um, decisions I have to make that are on my own now. You know, I can't just call mom and say, should I do this? Like, you know, they taught me, you know, raised me up and I should be able to do it. And uh, I really started off, I, I say I started off well, and but it still didn't have it when it came to Jesus. I didn't have that love that I know that I, I, I've never, I never really encountered the love of Jesus the way I did later. And so I wasn't very serious. I, I knew I love Jesus. Okay. I'm moving mm-hmm. on kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> but I don't need him. I'm going to put him on a shelf. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I started out with a publishing deal and writing every single day and just really focused on that. And then playing super late nights and those late nights turned into staying after and starting to drink and starting to do all these different things that I've never experienced. And, you know, um, I wasn't a very sheltered kid, but it was very much like, this is what you do and this is how you do it. And you don't go outside those lines. And when you're in a big city and you've never experienced that, you're on your own, you know, and Mm -hmm you got to find your way through your journey. And my parents were holding on so tight. They would come see me every two weeks. Wow. That was fun. (laughs) I bet. But I, I, I just found myself lying a lot. I found myself living a double life. I found myself um, being one way. And then when I go home, I'd be exactly what they wanted. And I had to figure out my identity and, who God says I am. And so, um, after American Idol, um, I actually, this is the whole journey when JLo told me on national television, she said, we're going to cut you because you don't even know who you are yet. Oh, <gasps> wow. Yeah. Did you like, start crying? I don't really remember. I'm not a huge crier, but yeah. I was just like, what? Like at the time I was super like cocky about it. And like, what are you talking about? You know, but now I look at it and I'm like, she was so right. I wonder like, how she knew was, that. I wonder how yeah. she knew that. Have you ever yeah. told her that what it meant to you? No, God was just hmm. speaking through her, you know. And so in 2015 of January, I gave my life to Christ. I said, you know what? He He gave me the peace to walk away from the city. Walk away what, from the Was city. it the American Idol thing that changed it or something else? <laughs> um, it was kind of both. It was uh, walking that journey and then everything just kind of fell apart. Like I couldn't describe it. I had no choice, but to give up, you know, uh, I was losing tours left and right. I was losing opportunities left and right. My booking agent dropped me. Um, I wasn't getting the yeses anymore. I was getting more no's shut doors and I couldn't afford to live. You know, I couldn't afford to live there. What was causing those besides um, the Lord, the Lord allowing it? Yeah, I think my I think my choices. I think me um choosing this over this or even just poor just poor decision making, you know, not showing up on time or I was so high I couldn't go to a radio interview, you know, like all these different mm. things. And I was just dropping left and right and I was the person that was like ain't nothing going to happen to me. I'm good. You know, I got it covered. <laughs> and then one day I lost like everything. And uh-huh. Uh, my family, uh, my friends no longer were my friends and my family loved me from afar because of the lifestyle I was living and the choices I was making. They had to love me from afar because they were done speaking into me, you know, and just gave me to the Lord. So it had to be a work that only God could do. And that's 
what kind of happened. That's where I am today is because of him intervening, <laughs> you know, and going after me. Did he speak to you? Did Jesus nope. speak to me? Mm -hmm. Um, absolutely. Uh, I was on the side of the road, uh, in the interstate where you can like split and go to Alabama or you can go around the circle to Nashville again, like you go to Huntsville or, and, uh, I was in the middle of the median. I like pulled over and, um, God said, you're done. Like you have used every bit of my abilities that I like, I gave you these abilities, these gifts and these talents, you're done. Wow. Like go home and go make your family right. And in my time, and, and even then I didn't think I was coming back, but he said um, like in my time, in <clears> due time <throat> I will bring you back. But at that point I, I saw no hope. I was like, I'm not going to Nashville ever again. And he brought me back, you know, how soon after. probably six years wow that's a long wait yeah about it might have been seven years yeah perfect number <laughs> it was uh I went on a journey uh I was with a group called people in songs and they traveled and led worship and taught it taught me how to pray it taught me how to go to bat for people it taught me how to be in the Lord's presence um, which was hard for me, hours, hours soaking in his presence. And I was like, what is this? And it just trained me how to love and how to serve. And so many wonderful artists came through and it was kind of a label slash ministry. And, um, it just taught me a lot. And so it, it equipped me to where I am today mm -hmm. as my own artist. And, uh, wow. that was a journey, but. Well, seven years is, seven years is not a short time when you're in the middle of it. Uh, no, it feels like forever. you're like, like, okay, forever. what are we doing? Like, I'm ready to go back, you know, but a quick question. When you were American Idol, people will want to know this when they're listening. How far did you go? Top 40. Um, so Hollywood has Monday through Friday. And basically I got cut on that Friday right before the top 24 was live. Um, so mm -hmm. it was, it was, it was cool. I stayed a while and I enjoyed it. It was very cutthroat, but, uh, got a different plan. Are you in touch with any of those people that you worked that you sang with? Um, yeah, wow. somewhat. I mean, they'll comment on my Instagram things, but yeah. you know, we live uh, very different, different, different lives. Very different. So. Yeah. Uh, what is your songwriting process? <clears throat> um, you read song? a verse, or does God yeah nudge you, or you see someone in pain, or is there a line from poetry, or what? Yeah, most of the time it's melody first. Oh, and I put lyrics to it. Mm -hmm. Um, but sometimes it is definitely God breathed. Like, uh, I have a song called healed and it's I love that song. Yeah. I listened to it yesterday and I sent it to several people, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Um, if I could just touch him in his garment, I'd be healed. And I went to that scripture and I was like, Whoa, this is so cool. Like healing is right here. You just have to want it, you know? Mm -hmm. And so that's how I wrote that song is I had that line. So then I added the melody. Um, and then from there, the bridge just poured out of me. That was mm. so cool. Like, <clears throat> don't you know, that's when the Lord, that's when the mm. Lord is. <laughs> oh yeah. You just, you could feel it, you know? So, mm. but it just all and, depends. And tell us about the latest, uh, this old house. That's the one I've heard the most. 
Old House. Um, Old House was definitely inspired by just my journey, um, my testimony, and how I I continued to live in the past and I couldn't move forward. Um, people still saw me as the past too. And for me to move forward, I had to sing about it. <laughs> I had to literally say, you know, I don't go cut that grass anymore. I don't go check that mail anymore. I don't open those doors anymore. Um, and I'm walking out of my old house and, uh, it's a beautiful thing. You just don't know how much strength <clears throat> you actually have to walk out. And you don't actually mention God in the, in the song, correct? Mm -hmm. So I think it's such a great crossover song mm -hmm. because so many men and women are stuck in their past for perhaps some good reason. But, um, I like to say, you know, there's that organization called moveon.com.com. <laughs> <laughs> And not that you want to minimize a person's pain, never, never minimize yeah. a person's pain. It's up to them and God to work things out. But we can get so stuck as you've experienced that yeah. we're no, we're no earthly good and we need to be heavenly good while we're here. Cause we're not here right. that long. Let me tell you, I can tell you that at 71, that we're not here that much longer. And uh, so we want to make the most of it. And I can't, if I'm always licking my wounds, or if right. I'm stuck in shame, I like to say that shame is from the pit and we are not pit people, Laurel. And I want you right. to remember that uh, because, you know, your journey and your challenges are not over. Right. Uh, yeah. How old are you? Can I ask? 29. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. You have come a long ways for 29, my dear. <laughs> God has great things in store. How does um, singing and songwriting help you spread the gospel grace and message of Jesus Christ? Yeah, I mean, I've always said that when you preach something, uh, it comes across different as when you sing it. Mm. And that's what I've experienced in my journey. Um, even like I told you earlier, right, with the veterans, you sing it and it's like a little more like believable and it's not so offensive um, and it's not so slap in the face. And so I try to um, communicate in the best way, like you said, a crossover. I don't mm. want to deliberately say like any and you know writing a song about your mom or dad you don't want to put their name in there because mm -hmm. then that person can't like oh well my mom's not named this I'm not gonna listen to the song yeah I try to relate in every possible way I can to the listener um and I communicate a melody that they can't get out of their head that's mm -hmm. that's my goal wow catchy so yeah I'm writing this down. So communicate a melody that they can't get out of their head. Isn't that every songwriter's goal? Because they want you mm -hmm. thinking about mm -hmm. it. Yes. Uh, um, my brother's a songwriter, so I can't wait for him to hear this. I also uh, have him on my podcast, so I'll send that to you. That's uh, but he's not famous like you, but he is wonderful like you. So, <laughs> And he'll put already, uh, he'll put uh, new music to words that were written by somebody else. Yeah. And he's such a great guitar guitarist. It's so great. Okay. Communicating that they can't get out of their head, which is really what God, he doesn't want to be out of our heads. So if you can communicate who Jesus is through a song, mm -hmm. um, in a beautiful song, there's something about music, at least for me, it touches my heart and makes me cry. I cry more now that I'm older, but even when I was younger, um, to to belt out a Broadway tune. I mean, let me tell you, there's certain songs you just don't want to sing because you don't feel like crying, but they do get to your hearts, right? Yeah. Uh, are there any particular instances when you knew God, and let's say in the last, uh, since you've come back to Nashville, how many years has that been? 
Two. Two. In the last two years, let's say, uh, where you knew God was working through your singing or your songwriting in a secular situation. Mm. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Tell us one. So I was on this uh, podcast. Mm. Uh, It was a podcast slash radio in Nashville. And... (laughs) Um, they play everything from everything except for anything that's positive, truly. Okay. I don't even care. (laughs) They hear that. How did Um, they happen to, I'm going to take your picture. How did they happen to, um, how did they happen to have you host you? Your agent, agent, agent got you on. (laughs) Yes. But they knew in advance that you were Christian? Yes. Um, and they said yes, because of the sound of the music. Uh. Um, the genre is what they were going for. Okay. And I show up and it was very stressful um, inside. I'm not, sure. I don't show it, <clears throat> uh, but my manager. I, I hope you don't feel stressful right now. No. Okay, no, good. Not even a little bit. <laughs> um, Me neither. But uh, he basically, the, sound, the, um, the host, he said, um, tell us about your song. And I was like, well, you know, and. I'm always looking for opportunities to talk about the Lord in the the coolest way I can, the most simple way. And I was like, well, you know, the song's called Sound of Freedom and um, there's, there's freedom, you know, there's freedom that we need. There's, uh, there's a victory, there's a cry. There's, I mean, I was just going and I was like, there's hope, you know? And he was like, you're a very positive person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I said, and it's all because of Jesus. And I didn't realize I said that. Yeah. And they kind of like, did they bleep it out? No, they just kind of pushed past it and was uh-huh. like, okay, so tell us about yeah, yeah. Uh, your music. And mm-hmm. uh, I was like, it's very positive. It's very um, influential and encouraging. Like I want to bring a good message and they were nice, but I'll never do that again because they told me, they said, my gosh, you're, you're so positive. It's like, can you be negative? Like they were kind of like pushing back. Know, yeah, pushing back and were they mocking you? Uh, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but maybe see, that's but Laurel, that's okay because Jesus was mocked. Yeah, so you're in good company, but you will know whether or not you should do it again. And I know for a fact, never again. Okay, so that I was there to be a light. Yeah, and that's all. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that already was broadcast. Was it broadcast live? Mm, it was live, yeah. but you don't know. We don't know because you sowed seeds that day. Jesus sowed seeds through you who was listening, who still hasn't forgotten it. Right. And I even mean the interview with Earths because they put on a good show. Yeah. But, but when they are alone, if they are honest, they are honest with their emptiness. And that goes for anyone listening here today. That's right. That when we are alone and we're honest with our emptiness, that's when we throw ourselves on Jesus' breast. And we all need to do that. doesn't matter how long we've known him. Yeah. Are there singular challenges or temptations uh, in a performer's life that, let's say, someone like me, a high school English teacher, wouldn't face? Um, I think a lot. Uh, a lot as musicians and artists um, that take a platform mm-hmm. Um it's an ego thing. It's a pride thing. I think we all go through pride, but it's a very different, like, look at me, I deserve this. And, uh, I have to die to that all the time. Um, I, 
I know that I'm nothing without the Lord and I'm nothing without his lyrics, his melodies. You know, he could literally mess my voice up as soon as I open my mouth. And so it's not in my own strength. It's in his. And um, it can be very hard and very challenging, especially the bigger the venue, the bigger the, you know, experience, the bigger. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just you just don't you want to stay grounded. You don't want it to get in your head. And especially the people that treat me like, oh, my gosh. And it's like, if you knew who I was on a daily basis, I'm just chill, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. That's what I would say. Uh, I remember once when we were looking for a new worship pastor in our church, and I said, and I was in the choir at the time, and I just said, you know, we really, the main the main attribute needs to be humility, because the man or woman is going to be on the platform, literally on the platform above others, and yeah. we do that so we can see them, right? Yeah. But it can go to our heads. I'm mm -hmm. a speaker, so it can go to my head. And so yeah. it's so ridiculous if you yeah. think about it, but it's, it's, it's a temptation that yeah. a lot of celebrity Christians have. And I, you know, you just want to pray for them. Like I want to pray for our pastoral staff and that they will uh, remember that God has given them any talents or leadership skills that they have. And that's exactly yeah. what you just said. And um, what helps you stay intimate with Jesus? Yeah. Um, one is I set aside time my own self, uh, before or after the show. Uh, and I go into a space by myself. Um, that's one, one thing I do that I like to be removed from the crowd. Uh, another thing I like to do is I am not a person that likes to feed myself musically with trash, like just cause it's a good melody or it's a good beat. Like, no, I, I really try to keep it hopeful and restoring and feeling my soul. Um, I do travel, uh, leading worship all over. Mm -hmm. So I am fed by several churches, several pastors, several communities that I trust and I love. Um, and then just prayer talking to him, like he's your best friend, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and not really complicating it, you know, overcomplicating it. And with my manager, we have this thing that like, don't, don't ever forget, you know, like I, I want to help set up my booth. I want to help set up, you know, I want to carry my guitar, you know, those kinds of things. Like, don't let it get to your head. Just, mm -hmm. you're just there, you know, and you're there it, because of God. Is your, is it, did you say agent? Yeah. You have yeah. an agent. Is your agent a believer? Yes. hundred percent. That makes a difference. I'm sure. It's uh, so much like-minded. It's so easier. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when do you, where do you think God is leading you in your career and ministry? I think he's taking me a crossover. I think he's taking me to secular music and I'm that, excited. it, it's scary because that's where I started and I really screwed up, you know? And so for him to take me there again, it's like, he trusts me. And I know that I can hear it. I can hear it even in my, how I talk about it. I'm just I'm so trusted by God and I, I, I believe he trusts me with what he's given me and I know that I'm going to do it the right way. Yes, I will fail, but I know that God is there with me and mm -hmm. he's going to help me through every situation and I don't have to figure it out, you know? And if not, your mother will call you <laughs> Yeah, and remind you. As you know, as you know, my podcast is about living a legacy life and normally I don't 
Well, I do. I have interviewed people your, your age, because when you think of someone older, that's when you think of legacy. But I think we don't wait until we die, Laurel, to leave a good legacy. Yeah. So what we do daily is what counts. So what legacy do you want to be known for now for those who know and love you? Honestly, you know, I've thought about this and thought about this and I just want to be kind. Like I want, the, I want them to literally say like, you know, cause I'm really big into the church is like super hurtful mm -hmm. right now. Mm -hmm. And it's sad. Um, I want to be known as a believer that loves Jesus with all their heart and would go to the ends just to help that person no matter what. And I, I always want to put myself last and I don't know. I just want to be seen different. I don't want to be categorized as she's a church girl because you can't relate to all those people, you know, that don't go to church or have never heard about Jesus. <clears throat> and I, I found myself in a lot of those situations and they're like, you're just different. Like, I don't feel like you're judging me. And I'm like, why would I judge you? You mm -hmm. know, all I can do is love you. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if you've read Oswald Chambers, my utmost for his highest, but one thing he says is that, uh, that we leave the aroma of Christ when we've left the room. And uh, that's what I want, you know, cause really? I have, I love the whole idea of uh, people seeing Jesus through me without me having to say it but we mm -hmm. still need to say it when it's time, like you did on that radio station. Doesn't mean yes. you have to go there again. Yes. But um, so that they would go, oh, there's something different. And I go, well, it's not me. You know, what you're sensing is the Holy Spirit. That yeah. might be too weird for them at the time. Mm -hmm. But yes, it is through our kindness. I mean, they, I mean, it's scripture. Jesus said, they'll know you're Christians by our love. And yet that is not what the church is known no. for right now, which, but they threw, they do throw the baby out with about, Bathwater, I do think at times too. It's like, oh, don't yeah. make that an excuse to stay home and watch it online. Right. Um, and how do you go about making sure that people know that you are kind? I just, I walk in it. I mean, uh, <clears throat> even before I get to venues or things, like even on the sides, like I want to pray for people. I want to pray for the ones that host me. I want to pray for the the staff, the volunteers, all those things. Like I pray for those opportunities because mm. those are the relationships and those are the things that people are going to remember. Then I go, oh yeah, she did a great 45 minute show. No, like she told me about this and prayed for me on the side, you know? And if I ever get to a place where I'm not doing that, then I have not fulfilled what God's called me to do. Amen. You know? So great. And what challenges, well, you've already mentioned some, but or obstacles uh, have you faced in order to leave this kind of legacy of kindness and love? Um, I would say it's because I wasn't kind. Mm -hmm. um, before, you know, living for the Lord, like I was making fun of Christians. Um, I was doing everything that the opposite, you know, and to be able to love people well, it's because I know how to love myself well, and I know where I can remember where I was at the time and how I want to be told that exact, you know, truth in however I needed to hear it, you know? And so it's like, I put myself in that position every single time I'm talking to someone that needs to hear it. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Some people think, oh, I can't really say that I love myself well, but you said it with such calmness. I know that that's based in the fact that 
when I'm secure in who I am with Jesus, I don't think about myself at all. And that's one thing that C.S. Lewis said. It's not like you think less of yourself. You just don't think of yourself at all. And we don't need to, Laurel, because Jesus already showed how much he loved us. So there's no really reason. It doesn't mean I don't go get a pedicure. I do like some self-care. But as far as uh, I think a lot of people hurting other people, even in the church, is because they are not secure in how much Jesus loves them. Yeah. And so our job in, in this security is to continue to reassure them, even though they may annoy us, like I get annoyed with those kind of people. But I thought, well, yeah. what they need more is not my irritation. No. They need assurance well, that God loves yeah. them just as they are. Yeah. So my favorite question, how does your life embody God's welcoming heart? Uh. I've really been thinking about this, you know, um, how, okay. So I just want to make sure I got it right. Ask it one more time. Cause I, how I does your life embody God's welcome? Yes. Yes. <clears throat> um, so I get put into a lot of situations where Jesus is not exactly welcome. Mm. And I believe that I, you know, it says wherever we walk is kingdom ground. You know, we take on it, that kingdom ground. And so when I'm sent somewhere, um, I believe that is the open door to give God, like, the glory. And it's really oh. hard. Oh. Um, well, obviously through my gift. Mm -hmm. But honestly... This is going to sound like really dumb, but it's through like when I open my mouth, when I speak, um, sometimes it's by my actions uh, and I don't say anything. It's just how the Holy Spirit guides me in the moment. You know, mm -hmm. not everybody's going to listen and not everybody's just going to not listen, you know, so it's how they need to hear it. Um, but I always give God the reins when I'm somewhere. Always. And even when I'm scared, even when I don't want to, even when I know he's about to embarrass me, like I just have to, you know, because we submit to God. Mm. We're not accountable to, you know, others. I, we, we don't live for the approval of man. And yet no. um, even Christians, well, with all social media, it's so easy to get caught up with that. Gosh, uh, yes. Uh, Laura, I um, I want to pray for you right now. I, I rarely do that on, um, on air, but um, you're young. And you are mature beyond your years in Christ. Um, and you know who you are. And so Satan is kind of mad about that. And um, I hope you have a team around you, a prayer team. I have like 42 women who pray for me, some men, when yeah. I go speak. And they feel part of my team. And I'm not a celebrity. But yeah. I don't want to ever speak without them knowing that I'm about ready to get up on a platform, as we talked yeah. about before. Because I could really mess up. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't mean mess up like I do a poor job, though that could happen. Yeah. I mess up that God would not get the glory. That's mm -hmm. what's messing up. So let's yeah. pray. Yeah. Father, I just want to ask again, you're covering over um, wonderful Laurel Taylor. Thank you for the gifts you've given her. Thank you that she's confident in them. Thank you that you are opening up opportunities to cross over because that's what Jesus did when he came to earth. He crossed over in the real sense of the word. And it's not going to always be easy, as she knows. I pray, Lord, that you raise up uh, friends and family who will take it as their um, duty and delight to support her. 
and uh, that she'll never feel alone, Lord. Thank you for these opportunities. And I know I'll hear more about her in, in the future uh, because of what you're going to do through uh, and in her life, Lord. Just bless her in every way that she wants to be blessed in ways that she doesn't even know. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Laura. You're great. Um, how can people find you and where can they listen to your music? Yeah, you can find all my music on all platforms, Apple Music, Spotify, uh, Amazon Music. You can please follow me on Instagram, Laurel Taylor Official, and then you can check out my website, laureltaylormusic.com. Okay. Thank you so much. It's been a delight. Thanks. Until next time, think about your legacy, the one God has called you to live, all for heaven's sake. I would love to speak at your next Christian Women's event. See my keynotes and retreat series, as well as the show notes from today's broadcast at welcomeheart.com. Thanks for coming. You're always welcome here.